I'm Robert Therrell. I'm Chase Bridges. And we both want to be screenwriters. So listen along as we find out how. Each week we'll outline a new short film. And maybe even write some of our favorites. This is Written By. Welcome back to Written by Podcast, the number one podcast in the world. Right behind all the other ones. That's right. Thank you for joining us this evening. We are going to be speaking to you into these microphones. And yes. you'll be listening to whether it's your car speakers, headphones, maybe your cell phone. I don't know. But uh, we're here. You're here. We're here together forever. Yeah. To talk about movies. Yeah. This is our general demeanor. Yeah. We're just really calm cool yeah collected yeah yeah we like to be serious talk about yeah, serious talk, things we're the npr of screenwriting <laughs> okay <laughs> so that, there is a real npr screenwriting <laughs> really what's it called well npc uh, <laughs> uh it, it's a running joke on the script notes podcast that john august is a robot <laughs> oh okay yeah um <laughs> <laughs> because of his voice all righty yeah uh, so this is Rival Pitches Week. Rival week. Pitches Week, first week. First rival pitches, pitches and we're season. kicking it off with a bang because we're doing Batman movies, baby. Batman movies. Um, we uh, we started off yeah. rival pitches last season with Marvel movies, and now we're doing we're DC. DC. If you if this is your first time listening, this is season three is your first season watching or listening. Uh, so we do from the bowl, which which yep. is what we did last week. Now this week we're doing rival pitches, where both of us ahead of time mm-hmm. uh, wrote a pitch for a movie that we. So this time Batman, we each wrote a yep. Batman movie, and we're gonna pitch it to each other, and then you guys vote on our Instagram which one you would rather see be, uh, get made. Yeah, so you are playing the role of the movie studio. Yeah. We are pitching to you. You're it's James you Gunn to decide. Yeah, exactly. And we've got the next big Batman pitch, baby. Yeah, yeah. So batter up. And yeah, it's just a fun opportunity yeah. for us to do short films sometimes. Yeah. Feature films other times. Also, our short film ideas are from the bowl episodes. They're all original ideas. This is where we dip into franchises. Yeah. And pop characters, culture. Pop culture. We did uh, a Crash Bandicoot one last season. Yeah. We did one based off of six year olds ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, trying to remember um, animated reboots we're just trying to recreate the magic of the first intro because we accidentally didn't <laughs> record <laughs> for rookie mistake yeah. bro. we're three years in we're we... new to the video setup that's but true the video is gonna stay on the whole time hopefully <laughs> yeah man last week the video cut out this yeah. week the audio didn't record but you know what we're still yeah. super excited we have batman pitches to talk a little bit about batman yeah i love batman which is Kind of like yeah. everyone loves yeah. Batman, so it's like whatever. But so I, I really love Batman, and so for my pitch this week, I didn't want to just like adapt a comic yeah. storyline because I wanted to like 
you know, we don't have forever to work on these things. Uh -huh. You want to do those. I have a lot of respect, so I want to do, do exactly. diligence. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I think you went the route of writing uh, basically like a sequel for the Matt Reeves, the Batman, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't really clarify one way or the other if we were going to do like our own new fresh take on Batman. If like we were handed the keys to a new era of Batman. So I think that's what you did. And yeah, then I, did I kind of approached like, what if I'm pitching the next Batman movie and we're right. still in Pattinson type universe? Which is dope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're a super Batman fan. You're yeah, also a I'm super, super Batman. Big, yeah, you're super Batman. <laughs> the two of them combined. <laughs> which that that's how Batman versus Superman should have ended. <laughs> Not the Martha thing. They should have combined Martha. into one singular entity. Why did you say that name? You know the Batman versus Superman kind of logo where they're overlapped. Yeah. That's what would have been on Super Batman. There's versions chest. of that in the comics. They never end well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, dude. Uh, get it before we get into it. Like, uh, I had a hard time picking like a villain. Yeah. Because you don't want to do a villain that's already been done a million times, like Joker. Yeah. Joker. Um, Joker. <laughs> um. So it's like I I was looking for ones that like aren't haven't been. Uh, mm -hmm. adapted for for movies yet yeah. and I'm like but I don't know if that's really good so I ended up making my own villain oh nice did you use what did you do you don't I, have to tell me the villain but yeah, like yeah. tease I, it up right I, I did the complete opposite route I did all Jokers I did Batman <laughs> into the Jokerverse and we get Joaquin we get Hamill uh, we bring uh, Heath Ledger back, back from, from the, the dead. dead with CGI uh, AI <laughs> voice so Sinners. yeah it's just all the jokers are getting together and they're being toxic uh like the three jokers comic run that's an actual comic thing that'd be cool yeah but multiply three by like oh you got jack nicholson yeah you get um the caesar one from the original <laughs> 69 yeah, uh, show yeah 67 you get every person that has ever done Joker cosplay for Halloween. They're all in. Oh, there too. you get the Gotham. Yeah, we get all the Jokers. We get all, all the Jokers. All the Jokers. We get uh, uh, the, the guy saying Joker. The guy saying Joker in the SNL skit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm a. Uh, you've teed yours up a lot. Yeah. So I think yeah. Okay. Should, we're gonna jump right into give mine. It to yeah. Um, I think I have like, I think I need to preface mine yeah. a little bit, dude. First oh, this, pitch in the new notebook. This is my new notebook, guys. I love it so much. It's huge. Yeah. It's, it looks like it's a giant book, and it will be one day. Yeah, it feels like you're about to read me a bedtime story. <laughs> <laughs> well, depending on how good it is, it might be. Yeah, it might, might be a bedtime story. Might put me to sleep. <laughs> okay, so to preface mine, uh, mine is an original take, so it would be all new, all new Batman. Um. Uh, the tone is like, so like when I'm reading it, picture like, it's essentially like the animated series, Batman kind of story, or even like a, a story from the comics. All right. I'm just going to, I'm just going to jump. All right. right. Jump right into it. I've been working on my Batman voice. Okay. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> we open a group of mobsters are around a table at the head of the table, Scarface, the puppet. For those of you who don't know who this Batman villain is, uh, it's this guy with a ventriloquist puppet of a mobster. And uh, he thinks, like, the mo the puppet is the one in charge of the gang. And he's just, like, this quiet guy. And he's, like, very, like, he's a good person. 
but he has like disassociative identity disorder. And so he thinks the puppet is like real. And I I had never heard of this dude before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's just like a weird little dude kind of sulking in the corner. And then there's a tiny little puppet. And he's dressed like a 1930s mobster. And he's so animated. He's the one everyone's talking to. They just kind of forget that That he exists. And and what's really funny too is the guy that holds the the puppet is Uh huge. Like he's a really big guy. Yeah, and he's just... Anyway, oh, that's funny. So there's about 12 to 15 armed mobsters in this room. Some are sitting at the table talking around. The, some others are standing guard. And um, and we and we hear the puppet talking. They made it very clear. Only one seller, only one buyer. We need to make sure that we are the ones who get it. Well, how do we know he's telling the truth, boss? Who cares? We'll pay the man. We'll get the info and then we'll kill him. You know. If you know, if it turns out that this uh, info's phony, no harm, no foul. That's why you're the boss, Scarface. You, you really got the henchman voice down. Thanks, man. It's almost like you're an actor. Yes, <laughs> I'm in a movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then, so you know, that's why you're the boss, Scarface. Boom! The door gets knocked down. We see. It's him, the legendary crime fighter who chose to fight crime after losing a loved one and his his alter ego is a billionaire playboy. It's Zorro. Pot twist. <laughs> Zorro. Uh, he's got his sword and he's zipping around the room, flipping and fighting. Gunfires rattling all through the room. He's taking them out one by one. We can't see his face because Zorro has the, the iconic Zorro mask with the hat and it's kind of covering it. Plus, it's a dark, shadowy room and, and the shadows are only getting illuminated by the gunfire. It's a dope fight scene. Okay, I'm a, I'm a younger studio executive, yeah. so I don't know who Zorro is. Uh, so Zorro is an iconic uh, Hispanic uh, vigilante. Yeah. Pretty much Batman. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a Zoomer, but I just somehow got an executive Well, that happens. Your dad's yeah. David Zaslav or whatever. Totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I could delete stuff. I'll, I'll go. <laughs> okay, but that's Zorro. So okay. yeah, Zorro, yes. Yeah, very, classic character. Very iconic. Played by yeah. Antonio Banderas yes. in the movies. And it was also played by uh, Hannibal Lecter. Uh Anthony Hopkins. Anthony yeah. Hopkins, who was white, by the way. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're making a Zorro show now with yeah. uh, the dude who played Fez in that 70s show. Anyway. Dude, okay, I don't mean to do, derail yeah, yeah, please, it, go but, ahead. but someone pointed out there is an entire franchise of Puss in Boots, which originated yeah. just as a Zorro joke. Yeah. Like he's just a Zorro ripoff that was supposed to be like one joke. In Shrek. Yeah. Yeah. And Antonio Banderas plays him too. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all I had to say. Okay. So Zorro's in Batman now. We have this dope fight scene. Um, Zorro, sword versus machine guns. Uh, there's only one mobster left the puppet, Scarface. <laughs> And with a big sweeping motion, Zorro etches a giant Z into the puppet. And then he jumps out the window, which puts us into our title card. Whoa. It's a very dramatic title yeah. card. Very cool, animated, <laughs> motion graphic. Yeah. Batman, pulp hero. Whoa. We're on a rooftop in Gotham City. The bat signal is shining in the sky. Jim Gordon is standing there waiting. Out of the shadow... Uh, a glimmer of bright colors flips into the screen and it's Robin. He's about 13 years old and this is Dick Grayson's Robin. Okay. 
Robin. And he's like, hiya, Uncle Jim. And then Batman steps out of the light. And he's like, stop calling him Uncle Jim. But it's like it's like a fun thing, you know, because like we're family friends. So I call him Uncle Robin. Fine. Sorry. Uh, and then Jim Gordon's like, I'm assuming you heard about Scarface and his gang. Massacred. Any leads? Well, if I didn't know any better, I think it was you. I mean, he didn't use any guns. He had a sword. Apparently, just flipped around the room untouched. Whoa. That was Robin that said that. <laughs> and Batman gives Robin a look of like, yo, chill. The only thing that they left behind, other than the corpses, was the letter Z on the puppet. Mm. That's Batman. That's Batman. And Robert at the same time. Mm. And Robin's like, and all of them are dead? And Gordon's like, well, Wesker's in, in critical condition at Gotham General. But uh, he might make it. Might. And Gordon turns back around after he says that Batman and Robin are gone. And he's like, ah, you know, that classic Batman bit. Gordon turns around, Batman's disappeared. So basically, Batman and Robin, they go to the hospital to visit Arnold Wexter. Uh, that's the guy that holds Scarface's puppet. Okay. Arnold. And uh, and they walk in and the nurse is like, he's in a coma. He's not responsive. And Batman's like, he's not in a coma. And Robin, they, they got the Scarface puppet. They retrieved it from the scene on their way there. And they put the Scarface puppet on his hand. So he's in a coma. And they put the puppet on. And immediately the puppet starts talking. He's like, ah! <laughs> he got me good, Bat. He got me good. That's such a funny character. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and Batman's like, why would anyone attack you tonight? They're probably trying to stop us from getting to the big sale. Sale! <laughs> Sale. Sale. <laughs> Sale. Uh, Batman's like, Sale. Like, Sale. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Deal of the century. Why am I doing it? Oh, yeah. Deal of the century. This Friday. I love that song. <laughs> and Robin's like, A sale? I, I bet it's an all you can eat cocaine buffet. And he's like, even better. They're selling your identity, Bat Boy. Who? I don't know. I found out from a guy who knows a guy. Who knows a guy. Who knows you, apparently. And Batman grabs the puppet, rips it off his hand, and just throws it out this window. And then we have like an external shot of like the Kermit puppet where just this puppet's <laughs> falling 30 stories. <laughs> such a funny... <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun movie yeah it's a fun batman I'm, movie. i'm getting we're we're stepping away from dark batman right we're it's having a, some fun again it's a fun movie it's still like visually dark but it's okay. not taking itself too seriously yeah so i could write this whole movie but basically the story here is batman and robin have to figure out who is selling bruce wayne's identity and they have to stop him before friday it's monday at the beginning they have five days. Um, I added Robin to the movie because, one, I love Robin. My dream role is to play Nightwing. It is. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also it adds stakes to like his identity getting leaked mm -hmm. because it's one thing for Bruce Wayne's identity to get, to get out. And it's like, you know, he's so like, I can take all of Gotham if I have to. But his 12-year-old son is in danger now. So that adds yeah. some more stakes. And of course, Alfred is at stake too. And is it's just Bruce's worst nightmare. And so Batman quickly figures out the Zorro thing. And he explains to Robin what it means. Like I would write out the dialogue for the scene where it'd be like, you know, 
I don't understand Zorro. What is Zorro? And that's where Batman would explain it for the Zoomers. <laughs> like, like how to use that. So basically, um, the similarities between Zorro, the character in universe, he's still a literary character mm-hmm. in Batman's universe, uh, and Batman. This is the villain telling Batman, "Hey, I do know your identity. I just proved it." In a way that only Bruce Wayne would know that he's calling him out. Because Zorro, like I mentioned earlier with the the swerve, wealthy billionaire, wears a mask to fight crime after losing a young one. This is the villain being like, here's your proof that I know you're Bruce Wayne. And so, uh, and plus add to the fact that uh, the night Bruce Wayne's parents were killed, the movie that they went and saw, they saw Zorro. Which is just an extra element of like... I told oh. you I know who you are. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, it depends on the version. Yeah. But uh, so uh, this criminal, this villain, this new villain is calling him out and he's teasing him and he's challenging him to this game. If you can stop me by Friday, you can save at your life, Robin's life, everybody from knowing your identity. Then there's another massacre, right? Some It's Tuesday. Some drug dealers that work for the Penguin get gunned down by a Tommy gun-wielding shadow of a man. That's what a witness called him. The villain, he first dressed up as Zorro. Now he's dressed up as the Pulp Fiction uh, character, the Shadow, which is the first ever, ver- like, outside of this Gotham universe in yeah. the real world. Also, Pulp Fiction, the literary genre, not the right, Tarantino right. movie. Okay, let me let me explain a little bit. So. <laughs> Uh, back in the day, there were things called pulp fiction novels, and they were called that because they used uh, a cheaper pulp paper. Yeah, it was cheaper to make, uh, and they're usually like not great stories. But that's what invented the superhero genre, James Bond. It, all of your favorite characters are based on pulp fiction characters, like The Shadow. Yeah, no, um, that's why because we've we've written something involving Zorro, Zorro. before, yeah. and. We were talking while writing, like it. He really has pretty much the same backstory and whole deal as Batman does. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of these characters do, uh, like the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Um, and the Shadow. The Shadow, mm-hmm. also a billionaire playboy who fights crime yeah. in the in the shadows. Um, so outside of universe, the reason I use these characters is because they're the direct inspiration of Batman. In universe, these are still literary characters. Yeah. And it's the way that our villain is teasing Batman throughout the movie so he dresses up as the shadow and uh he the shadow used dual tommy guns to fight crime so he's like uh, he guns down the penguins drug dealers and he leaves just a scrap of paper that says l dent and and robin sees the paper he's like dent oh man two faces behind this harvey dent and batman's like no l dent lester dent Lester Dent's the creator of the pulp hero Doc Savage, considered to be the first ever literary hero. He's calling us out. Pretty good Batman voice, huh? It does, yeah, it's kind of like Kevin Conroy's. A little, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on you're it. You're doing a little something new with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sale. Wait, what'd you say? <laughs> Sale. 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 <laughs> we need to like make a mashup. Of it. It's like, <laughs> so... Man, I'm really getting derailed from my thing here. But uh, okay, in okay. college, my first ever college assignment, uh, I had to make a music video for my video editing class. And I made a music video to that song. No way. No where way. it's me dressed up as a clown. And there's this one scene right when it says sail. It's me in full clown makeup, full sprinting at a stop sign. 
I hit the stop sign and just flop on the ground. <laughs> so it was like, sail, no boom. Way. Okay, back in the day when that song first came yeah. out, a YouTuber I follow, she and her, a YouTube friend, they made a fan video of the song. It got so popular, it has more views than, than the, the actual video. And that like started her career. And now she's like, she directed a bunch of music videos and now she's like a singer herself. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Yeah. Sale. Sale. What sale? <laughs> All right. Back okay. To back to, yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast. Um, where was I? Okay. So Robin, you know, he's like, okay, so we know this guy's obsessed with old books, but what does that give us? Um, I could go on writing this whole plot. I'm having a ton of fun with it. I really like it. And I think I'm going to use it later for something. Mm -hmm. But um, let me just give you some key points of how this movie goes. This new villain, Lester Dent, he's using the name of the the Pulp Fiction writer, not Quentin Tarantino. (laughs) Um, And he keeps recreating crimes and characters from these Pulp Fiction novels like Lone Ranger, which is the next massacre on Wednesday. Um, and he's just, he's teasing and he's calling out Batman because at this point he thinks he's smarter than him. That's the classic Batman villain. He's an egomaniac and he's challenged Batman to this game and he's beating him. And he's just, and that just, that's what gets him off. It's like, I'm beating the Batman, the world's greatest detective. I'm better than him. I'm smarter than him. And every night it's a new thing. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday comes. There's a massacre every night. He's dressed as a different pulp hero. He's leaving him clues. Batman's trying to stop it, and he can't. It's Thursday night, and tomorrow he's going to sell, Lester Dent is going to sell Batman's secret identity, Bruce Wayne, to someone. Mm -hmm. And the second he sells it to someone, sells it to someone, (laughs) the second he sells it to someone, The the streets, every Batman villain is going to know who he is. And that's just the most dangerous thing that could possibly happen. Um, And, uh, you know, and it's just eating Batman up. He gave him five whole days to stop him. And he knows every night there's going to be a crime. And he knows he's going to be as a Pulp Fiction. And he's trying to stop him. And he's late every time. And so... This is high stakes. This is as high stakes as it gets. It's suspenseful. And the whole movie, the the big character arc for, arc for Batman is his relationship with Robin, right? Mm-hmm. Because at this point, he really thinks like, oh, our identities are going to get released and my 12-year-old adopted son is going to get killed because of me because I'm not good enough to stop Lester Dent. And so like at one point, he even tries to like change uh, Dick Grayson's identity and like send him to a new home, which is like a very, (laughs) like you see where Batman's coming from, where he's like, he's trying to get him out of danger, but also like, that's his dad. Like, this is the only place he's ever like, like how long has he been his dad at this point? A few years, (laughs) like, and he's been trained and he's, he's with Batman every night. And this is the spark. Like, if you know, the classic Batman versus Dick Grayson, uh, story is like Batman um, kind of just always treats him as a kid and mm-hmm. it gets to the point where Dick is like no I am I am good enough like you can trust me like I can do this and that's what causes him to end up going out on his own to be Nightwing and so this is just one of those things of like Dick Grayson still wants to help Batman solve this thing but he's like yeah. it's not safe but it's it's a big thing 
father-son drama. Um, and Batman is just so stressed that he's like just moodier than normal. Like he's just mm-hmm. taking it out on Alfred and Robin and he's more violent with the criminals because he's like, it's just the stakes are up, man. It's, it's high stakes. And the biggest question throughout the movie that the audience is asking and also maybe some of the characters like Alfred asks in the movie is there's only one way, like if Batman does catch this guy, there's only one way to make sure that he can never tell anyone his secret identity mm-hmm. and that's to kill him. So it's like, is Batman going to kill someone for the first time? Yeah. And, and that's like the big question. And uh, real comic fans know that Batman don't kill, yeah. but maybe he'll have to, you know? And I'm going to leave it at that open-endedness because I don't want to give away the ending because I really <laughs> like this story and I might like, it'd be really cool if like we got the opportunity to write a Batman comic and then it's like, well, we already told everyone <laughs> this one, so I'm not going to do the ending of this, but I will tie some up, uh, tie some tie some themes up. So, uh, Robin is an integral part of solving it at the end. Mm-hmm. He is a very important part of quote unquote saving the day, uh, and so the the that relationship arc that shows like what Robin is capable of, and and Bruce realizes, you know, maybe I shouldn't try to give my kid away. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um, a, that's an awkward conversation. Yeah, sure. that, it's weird. It, it like it's like maybe there's even a scene where they're at a dinner with the new adopted parents, and, and Robin realizes in the middle of dinner that like oh he's going oh. with them. <laughs> he's like <laughs> he can even like throw it back in Bruce's face after the fact, being like you know yeah. uh, Lester Dent is not the only one who knows your identity, Bruce. Yeah. You know, there's just tension there between them and. Yeah, so that's my movie. It's called Batman Pulp Hero. Uh, it combines my love of pulp fiction heroes and like the history behind the Batman character and just also just like a really cool detective story for Batman. Um, like the tone is like fun. Yeah. Not as gritty and grounded, but it still gets, you know, it's a, every good movie should make you cry and make you laugh. Mm-hmm. And and this one would do Go and do that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I could almost step it into my, my studio executive role oh, yeah, real quick. Please. Yeah, I'm James Gunn. Uh, <laughs> my hair is bleached. I don't know. Any- <laughs> Have you ever thought about like, bleaching your hair or something? I think about it all really? the time. I think, I mean, not seriously. I just, I think about what I would look like. I, I think I would look terrible, but I'm tempted to try it. I was like, I've always thought like, yeah, I would. I would bleach my hair. What would man, just to see what yeah. it looks like? And then I knew a guy, yeah. and like every girl at my college loved his hair. Mm-hmm. And like I would get jealous sometimes because yeah. people were like his hair, and I'm like, well, my uh, hair. Yeah. But they're like, no, his hair. And uh, and then he bleached it, and it oh, no. killed it. And oh, his hair no. looked his he as a person looked worse. Dang. And I was like, I'm never unless it's like for a role or something. Yeah. When I like yeah. a professional, I'm being paid to do it. I feel it. It's different when you have a beard because then there's the question yeah. of do you also bleach the beard or not? Oh, yeah, because you can't rock blonde and red. Exactly, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, you you look like the Colorado shooter. But. Yeah, you would. Dude, you, I bet you could pull off like if you grew like a, like you really grew your beard yeah. out and then shaved your head. Yeah. Like that look. I bet I've, I've you'd look like that. a biker, bro. I've thought about that because I, uh, I don't think I'm going to have hair that much longer. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, there was a, so in wrestling, I don't mean to derail us again in wrestling, uh, uh, when a wrestler 
comes to that realization of like, oh, I'm not going to ha- have hair yeah. much longer. Usually Vince McMahon, the guy who's over he's like, mm-hmm. hey, pal, uh, we're doing a hair versus hair match and you're shaving your head. And he's like, do I get a choice? No. <laughs> that always makes me laugh. Yeah, I uh, I mean, it's very thick and strong around the sides. So if I wanted, I could do, you know, that comedian that's in Stranger Things and Fleabag. Like yeah, that look. yeah, yeah, that's a good look. Yeah, if I want to look like sad and divorced, I would think about getting a lot of tattoos because I'm like, I need, I need something else to look cool with Dude, when I don't have hair. Grow out the beard, shave your head, and get tattoos, yeah. bro. You look like a biker. Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Let's do it right now. Oh, right, right now. Uh, see, I get like stick and poke. Right, now. <laughs> I get really into moments like that where I'm yeah. like, hey, I'll do it too. Yeah, but I'm not, I'm not doing it. <laughs> But yeah, so that's my Batman movie. Yeah, so so tone wise, uh, like you talked about, I like that we're going for a lighter Batman because yeah. the, the last three have been dark, really dark. Yeah, and a lot of the origin of the character is really fun. But but visually, what is the tone? Because each Batman yeah. movie has its own visual language. I would really want it to look like. Uh, so I love like Tim Burton's Gotham City, where it's just real like gothic architecture and stuff but also i really like like the animated series with the red sky and the blimps like that feels like it takes place on a different world you know what i mean like it's earth but it just it it unique it's unique to gotham city and and that intro of the animated series is just like when you're seeing gotham city is just so dope i would want it to look like that so it would be cartoony quote unquote okay but it would still be you know real totally yeah, yeah man it would be real, be real. i yeah. got a vision man uh-huh. yeah. nah, i like that i like that and part of me really wants to hear the ending but i get keeping it i also feel like this this story works as not a batman thing yeah that's why i was also like i could use it for something else. yeah yeah but uh i guess my one note is i i would actually like really like heavy lean into like maybe this version of batman was like directly inspired by like zorro and the pulp fiction things maybe yeah. even have like flashbacks or like there's an old room in the wayne manor with all those, those books, books. you could tell like that's yeah. that's what inspired him to do this whole thing in the first place so like having to fight against they aren't really the heroes but they still like they kind of are as, they resemble those yeah heroes. yeah yeah it's like a more emotional thing for him and, and some of the iterations like the fact that he saw the movie Zorro the night that his parents got killed, that yeah. is what originally gave him the idea of yeah. becoming Batman. So, yeah. yeah, man. Cool. Yeah, dude. Very nice. So, let's so, hear your pitch, man. I will right. say, we cut so I can take off my jacket. Yeah, I got a little hot. <laughs> that's the that's the only reason why we cut. <laughs> we didn't have technical difficulties no. for the second week in a row. No. Batman. Batman. I... <laughs> i forgot it was batman <laughs> okay yeah batman working on this pitch man i uh you know we do batman because we want to we want to especially start off the season with a really yeah. popular one that yes. everyone knows and cares about and is invested in i was like you know it's just it's batman i like all the movies okay i haven't even seen like every iteration of batman yeah. but dude i got i i had a glass of wine or two I was working on this. It turns out I got some opinions about oh, Batman. Batman. Well, let's hear yeah. it. <laughs> okay. okay. So <laughs> I'll get into it. Batman. He is arguably the most popular superhero 
out right now. Maybe yeah. ever. Yeah. He's responsible for some of the highest grossing movies. Also, Batman in both the comics and the films, especially the films, he has led the way for superheroes to be tailored to a more adult audience. And it's been this interesting shift that started kind of with the Burton movies, was especially solidified by the Nolan movies, that Batman, he's a superhero for adults. And especially since superhero movies are most of what people are seeing right now, Batman is in this kind of zone where he's kind of the most popular adult-driven movie in a way. I don't know. It's interesting to me that it's that way with a superhero movie when the character was originally created to appeal to nine-year-olds or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I find that interesting. But what everyone loves about Batman is he doesn't have superpowers. He is a self-made billionaire. He trained himself in martial arts. He made his own money. He bought all his equipment. He learned how to use it. And the messaging has always been that, man, if anyone puts their mind to it and wants to help people, they they could become Batman too. Yeah, That's what appeals about. No superheroes. Just a man, his ingenuity and his billions of dollars, which... Family money. He, he didn't get his money himself. <laughs> yeah, Batman is a nepotism. Baby. He is. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's an interesting time to make a Batman movie because we, as a culture, are starting to recontextualize billionaires. We're starting mm-hmm. to 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 see the flaws in that narrative a little bit, and yeah, just especially with the way billionaires are acting. Like we should have never given them social media. They would have been so much. Well, Elon bought it, dude. It baffles me. <laughs> Elon Musk is the richest person in the world. He has yeah. won the game of life in every way, but he keeps shooting himself in the foot because he just wants to be funny on Twitter. The most like loser thing to want. He just wants people to laugh at him. And yeah. he, he tries to go on SNL to try to get people to be like, wow, oh, he yeah. can act. And Rick and Morty and everything. And, yeah. I don't I don't get it. it. It's so interesting that all the money in the world still can't buy you. Hey, I might not have a any funny money, tweet, but I'm funny on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that's that's sort of related to this Batman pitch, but what I'm getting at, if if you really examine Batman, which I think I think if we're really going to lean into this is just the state of movies now. This is what adults watch. Maybe we almost have a responsibility to really look into this stuff. If, yeah. if it's a, if it's a Batman for kids or teenagers, maybe not so much. I actually really wish they'd make another one of those, like kind of what you pitched earlier. I think we could yeah, use one of those. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Whatever it was I pitched earlier. <laughs> but adult Batman, if you think about it, if you had all the money in the world and instead of using it, to fix systematic issues, you instead invest a bunch of money in military gear, (laughs) martial arts training, (laughs) inventing gadgets to help you physically go in the streets in a silly suit and punch people. Yeah. That that says a lot about this person. This person has to be- ROTC kid. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. He has to be incredibly arrogant, incredibly delusional, and also- 
he just doesn't give the vibe of someone you want to hang out with. Again, ROTC yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. We all know someone that's a little too into martial arts. Right. It's like, you know. Listen, man, and- <laughs> I just want to say, you've really jumped into your Batman pitch hating on Batman. You sound like the Joker pitching a Batman movie. You're like, so why do we love the Batman? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. He's just an ROTC kid. Mm-hmm. We should make a Joker movie where I'm the hero. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, it's it's all good. I'm I'm setting this up to show you why I'm picking the villain I did. Okay. See, we cool. have a special villain in yeah, this. I'm excited for the villain. So again, you you kind of pitched your own new take on Batman. Mm-hmm. I kind of went into this thinking I want to continue the Matt Reeves thing because I do. I like where Matt Reeves is going. With the, yeah, of course, yes. With yes. with with his series. And also like even what we're talking about with, you know, Batman being for adults and not necessarily like confronting everything. Like Matt Reeves, Batman does, you know, make some strides in that regard. Yeah. It, it it attempts to kind of ground it in real world or whatever. But what what I like about the Padson Batman is he kind of gets into what Batman would have to be if he was real, which is He's this lonely, depressed person and his own depression and him being stuck in this traumatic event that happened when he was a child is what's ultimately keeping him from actually making a real difference in the world because he could scare people with this military grade vehicle. He could punch a petty criminal in with this big suit, but none of that's like actually helping the world at large because there are millions of criminals everywhere and one person walking yeah. around the streets fighting one or two people at a time isn't making a dent in yeah. like the larger issue of crime. And again, since he has so much money, he could make a dent in yeah. all those issues. The fact that he chooses to dress up as Batman and he has to go in and physically do it himself, even though it's not by far the most effective way to take care of any of these things, means that Batman isn't really ultimately doing any of this to help other people he's doing it for himself Mm. it's giving him his own sense of fulfillment that he's making a difference in like a more a more visceral way that kind of means something more to him yeah so it's ultimately kind of about him and what i love about the lego batman movie and why i think it is the best batman movie is it does the best at at analyzing this yeah. because I when I was talking about Glass Onion or writing about it, I was talking about Edward Norton's character and how sometimes what I love about comedy is a really big exaggerated portrayal or something could sometimes end up being the most truthful. Yeah. And that's how I feel about the Lego Batman movie because it, it's the only one that ultimately shows just the sheer arrogance a person would have yeah. <laughs> to do all this stuff. And also at the same time, analyze a lot of the issues and holes in his own soul that yeah. he he isn't addressing by doing the Batman thing. Lego Batman shows how he he lacks things that most well-adjusted people have to deal with their traumas, like good relationships, families, friends. He can't have those because he's pushing people away. Mm-hmm. He concentrates all that energy on the Batman thing. Yeah, Lego Batman is great. Lego Batman yeah, is great. I, yeah, so absolutely. I, I such a, I want to take everything that works about the Lego Batman movie and just put it in a Batman movie that would actually get made. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. I, I love Lego Batman. 
Yeah, dude. So the villains. So what I want to do is this is going to be the movie that really starts to kind of see the cracks in the whole Batman concept. And we're going to pick a villain that is really the antithesis of all of this. So Joker. No. Joker. <laughs> Joker. Joker. Right. It would have been really funny you, if you were like, if you were like, uh, I decided to pick a Batman villain that hasn't been done to death. Joker. Joker. <laughs> no, I am over Joker. I am over Joker. We don't need another Joker. Okay. We actually got two villains. Ultimately, we got the penguin. We're okay. continuing his arc from the first. Matt Reeves, Batman. Movie. Come on, come on! <laughs> Colin Farrell is back. Which again, what I love about that is that there's no reason for Colin Farrell to be it the could, penguin. They could have gotten someone that looked like yeah, Colin Farrell's penguin. Actual people that looked like that. They were like, no, we're gonna take someone that looks nothing like him. And then we're going to have Colin Farrell do a character that's nothing like anything he's ever yeah, done. It, it's just for the sake of being a little silly. And I can, it's I can appreciate that. <laughs> so the Penguin Colin is in this. I actually, I made a Facebook post like whenever the Ben Affleck Batman was announced. So years ago, almost 10 years ago at this point. Wow. I was like, you know who I want in a Batman movie? I want a Jonah Hill penguin. Which almost happened. It almost happened. He wanted too much money for him. Yeah. But we got Colin Farrell. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. I want a Jonah Hill penguin and I wanted a Brian Cranston Mr. Mr. Freeze. Freeze dude. Mr. Freeze yeah. is one of my favorite Batman villains. Yeah. And partly because of not only do I think his powers are amazingly cool, but also he, he has a really tragic backstory and Welcome to the Ice Age. <laughs> okay, okay. No, no Schwarzenegger <laughs> allowed from here on. We're doing, we're doing this character justice. I like Mr. Freeze too Time much. to kick some ice. <laughs> oh what killed the dinosaurs? <laughs> oh the Ice Age. Okay, okay. Get it all out. <laughs> then just imagine Heisenberg. <laughs> I don't have an impression for him. <laughs> you don't have a Breaking Bad impression. Okay. Or I'm done. I'm sorry. Okay. So, <laughs> like all the recent Batman movies have done with Joker, Joker, Catwoman, <laughs> the Riddler, <laughs> we're going to finagle the backstory a little bit to make it a little more personal for Batman. So, in most Mr. Freeze iterations, how it starts is. His wife dies in an accident. He's trying mm-hmm. to save her. He's a he's a cryogenist. I think that's yeah. how you say yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, cryo. Okay, cryogenist. okay, okay. Yeah. For, for some reason, I was reading it and I couldn't think of. Oh. I cryogenicize on oh, the side. Oh, you cryogenize? Okay. Yeah, cryogen. Some people are into crypto. Cryogenesis. I'm cryo. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mister Freeze is trying to freeze his wife before he dies, and the experiment goes terribly wrong. He gets all this free stuff on him and he has to be in a cold suit. He can't survive a normal temperature anymore. In this iteration, he's not just a scientist working for some random organization or himself. He is actually going to be an employee of Wayne Enterprises. Mm, Nice. And the second big thing is we're not going to kill his wife right away. Basically, what's going to happen? Take our time with yeah. it. Make it slow and painful. <laughs> what's going to happen in this version is <laughs> he manages to freeze her successfully, but he needs you know all, the, all this 
cryogenesis stuff is really expensive and he needs he needs to keep her frozen in this state until he could figure out until all the medical advances happen to where he could cure his wife so she's frozen and she's stuck there but basically wayne enterprises they're pulling the plug on his whole operation yeah literally literally they're pulling the plug on his whole department whatever military tech or whatever they're trying to design around it isn't working and mr freeze on his own he's not making enough money to keep the love of his life alive they've spent Mm -hmm. so much on medical bills and everything and he can't afford to keep this her in this cryo chamber and also the the wayne enterprise they don't know that she's in there right he wasn't he wasn't telling anyone that he's putting them in there but anyway we open on that scene where he's putting Nora, that's his wife, in the in the cryo chamber. And he's basically, he needs to try to escape with her in the thing. He has to steal the whole cryo chamber, which is a big deal. Difficult, yeah. Trust me, I know. I cryo on the side. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna cut to Bruce Wayne after this scene, and he is at the top of the Wayne Enterprises Tower. He's looking out at Gotham City, and he is feeling super lonely the other thing about this movie that i love is since we already got two winter themed villains yeah penguin mr freeze we're gonna lean all the way into this this takes place during december christmas christmas movie yeah Yeah. i love movies that are like also christmasy exactly yeah bruce wayne is feeling lonely around christmas but he just got this new cowl in. He just got oh, some new gadgets. For Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So he's suiting up first time with the new cowl, and he's going to blow off some steam by fighting some criminals. And so we just get <laughs> really big montage of him just <laughs> punching the hell out of some petty criminals. Or yeah. And you, you, of course, you get the moody Nirvana music and his little... Something in the way. I, I, I have darkness and vengeance and all that. Something <laughs> in but they pick a different Nirvana song, so yeah, it'd be yeah. like, uh, "Well, actually, I got, I got oh, some ideas with this. I got oh, some wow. ideas." Right, I'm overstepping. <laughs> but anyway, it turns out one of those people, or a few of those people, he beat up. There's some people that work with the Penguin, mm. and the Penguin's getting a little frustrated because he's like, "Okay, too many of our operations are being thwarted by the Batman. We got to, we got to do something about this Bat guy." Come on, come on, <laughs> God, we gotta get the Bat. <laughs> we gotta get the Bat. <laughs> I don't even know how to name it. I'm Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just imagine we get Joe Rogan and all of those like aggro wrestler comedians just to play henchmen. That's, that's not a bad I idea. I think it would work because all, all that fan base would be into it and everyone that hates them would just enjoy seeing them yeah, beat up. I think so, it's great watching yeah, them get beat up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, this is a Christmas movie and... One thing I love about the Pattinson Batman is he is so freaking melodramatic. Yeah, I love he it. doesn't even attempt to be the playboy billionaire that Bruce Wayne is in a lot of iterations. He's just this emo shell of a human being. He is so broken. He doesn't even try. And mm. well, part of that is from trauma. Part of that also kind of leans into his arrogance because it's part of he thinks he's better than everyone else that he has the means to not participate in society in a meaningful way so he just does it and that that that's an interesting thing to me that we could 
kind of show the dichotomy between how Bruce Wayne deals with this pain with his millions of dollars versus how Mr. Freeze is dealing with the pain yeah. when he doesn't have all that money. Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne, he's just kind of a melodramatic teenager, and I want to have fun with that. Yeah. And before before we get into the rest of the film, I just want to make the little clarification that I don't hate Batman. I think Batman is really cool. He is super cool, and that's why Batman has worked for so long. And you can't successfully adapt something if you have contempt for the characters themselves. Yeah, man. Because Velma just came out. We saw how that worked. Yeah, dude, talk about. Yeah, yeah. So Batman is really cool. We just want to explore kind of the the slightly problematic nature of why we find Batman so cool, or even how the person underneath Batman isn't actually that cool. Right. We're given this propped up image, but when you really analyze his life, it's like sad and lowly. So, yeah, I think Bruce Wayne is cool. I also, we want to feel genuinely really bad for him in his trauma. I just want to show that when you take off the mask and the military grade gear and divorce him from all his money, you realize he's kind of he's just kind of pitiful a little like we, we've talked about this before that if you break down yeah all of the actions and nuances of robert pattinson's batman it's a little silly yeah and if, if you just make him a little less hot you you yeah. end up with someone that's more like nathan fielder <laughs> yeah yeah because <laughs> nathan yeah. fielder again like can't connect with any humans and it's yeah. like the rehearsal yeah exactly yeah this week, in an attempt to try to grieve my parents' death, I will be dressing as a bat and attacking people in an alleyway. Maybe it'll help me feel oh, some man. sort of justice. That's going to be a great clip. I'll clip that. <laughs> and just put Nathan Builder's head on my yeah. head. So, anyway, back into the film. That's all of, all of the big character background stuff we got to get into to understand this. So, Mr. Freeze, he's successfully gotten out of Wayne Enterprises with the cryo chamber with his wife and as he's set up in this remote location, but he needs more supplies to keep it running. The cryo chamber is going to run out soon and she's going to die. So he has to sneak back into Wayne Enterprises to steal it. And meanwhile, Batman has just come back to the Batcave. Alfred is with him. Alfred is asking him how, how was fighting the criminals or whatever. <laughs> I was fighting the, no, we're going to do Michael Caine. Yeah. 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 Uh, Michael Kane. How was fucking all the criminals, Mr. Master Wayne? He's like, he's good. Uh, uh, the, I can't turn my head really well on this new cowl. Perhaps and you should get some sort of new cowl, Master Wayne. <laughs> I, I recently watched the Val Kilmer documentary. Yes. And he was talking about how. Can't hear. Yeah. Yeah. When you wear the Batman cowl, you can't turn your neck very much. Yeah. And I was always like, why, why don't we just design a real life accurate Batman cowl where you could actually turn your head because yeah. every Batman actor complains about this. But then I was like, wait a minute. What if it's on purpose? Because the reason why we have these actors wear this cowl, even though it's not practical, is it looks really cool. Yeah. And so that's... this is going to be the whole running joke is Batman thinks this cowl looks super cool <laughs> and menacing because that's what he's trying to do with this whole batman thing that he wears this thing that's incredibly not practical like, why don't doesn't you just get work. a different cow master one yeah he's like because it looks cool yeah so the drip goes too hard <laughs> <Exactly>. alfred <laughs> so <laughs> the drip goes too hard <laughs> this bitch is gonna take forever but Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
the the main thrust that's going to bring us into this movie is Batman has he's been leveling up the Batman stuff. He's been feeling really lonely and getting more into the stuff. What I love about the Matt Reeves Batman is everything looks like something an actual single person would have built himself. Yeah, the Batmobile is kind of a muscle car. We're playing off that, but he's he's advanced the tech a lot more. That makes sense because he, he could afford all the tech in the world, so everything is upgraded to where it's a little more military while still being homemade. He has ordered a shipment of really powerful missiles. He has souped everything up so much. And these are really dangerous things. And Alfred is feeling a little tense. He's like, I don't know if you should have these around here. I don't here. know like, if you should have these, Mr. One. And he's like, look, I, I'm i a good person. They're, they're right in my hands. I know what to do with them. But anyway, the inciting incident is going to be that the Penguin's men they got word of this missile shipment coming to Wayne Enterprises and they're going to try to intercept it and steal the missiles. So they're sneaking into Wayne Enterprises the same time Mr. Freeze is sneaking in trying to get stuff for the cryo chamber. Bruce Wayne suits up as Batman and he starts punching all the penguins, men, and he's got them in a chokehold just where he wants them. But then he comes across Mr. Freeze who's wearing this suit and he thinks he's a bad guy and starts coming after him. And Mr. Freeze, he needs the stuff to keep his wife alive. This is the love of his life. And so he starts fighting Batman, but he's got the freeze ray. And so he's a more formidable opponent. Anyway, everyone manages to kind of escape. The Penguin kidnaps Mr. Freeze on his way out and is basically like, hey, we have this problem with the Batman. You have this problem where you need stuff in there. We will give you everything you need to keep your life alive if you kill the Batman for if us. kill the bat. And meanwhile, Bruce Wayne realizes that, oh, while he was fighting all those people, some of those missiles are gone. Oops. Oh, oh no. no. He's got to get those back because, again, the fun dichotomy of this is those are way too dangerous. No normal person should should have the responsibility of these really big weapons even though the whole reason they're there in the first place is he thought he had the judgment to use them but anyway he's he's got to get the missiles back and fix his mistake and going into the rest of the movie one thing i've heard matt reeves talk about that i really like about his movie yeah is he plays with the concept of batman only being alive at night yeah. When it's daylight, we only see Bruce Wayne and he's pitiful and out of his element. But when Batman is in the dark, he is cool. He is menacing. And and part of that is because the bat suit looks a little silly in full in the daylight. daylight. Yeah. But in nighttime, it's so intimidating. He's and it, you, you have that opening monologue and you have the Nirvana music and he has all this talk about darkness and vengeance. But if you take away all the cool, dark imagery and the Nirvana music... It, it, it's just a grown man no. wearing eyeshadow saying some bad emo poetry. Like, <laughs> It'd be really again, funny to like go in and color correct it and yeah, then like take yeah. away all the music. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to do with this Batman movie is we're going to put Batman in the daylight and see oh, wow. how he does. So, because again, we're just, we're trying to, we're trying to like push the Batman thing to its limits and start to see where it cracks and then see how Bruce Wayne's going to react to it. So Batman's feeling lonely because it's the holidays. He has no one in his life. Also, Alfred is going on vacation. 
He's taking well, a little vacation for himself. First time he's had off in probably 20 years. So he's going to enjoy it. This next act, basically, there's going to be the midpoint. Before the midpoint, we're going to live in mostly the dark. After the midpoint is going to be mostly more and more in daylight. Cool. So we're in Batman's zone for this. But uh, Alfred is gone on vacation. And Bruce Wayne is just kind of alone. And he can't function on his own. He's had a butler, butler his whole life. He doesn't, you know, he knows how to like build a Batmobile. He doesn't know how to make dinner for himself. So <laughs> yeah, basically, I want to I want to play around with some humor a little, like take the stuff that made the Lego Batman movie so great, but ground it a little in reality where we're just seeing contrast with the big badass Batman, mm-hmm. just the pitiful Bruce Wayne, where it's like he doesn't know how to cook his own food. He orders Grubhub, but he orders it like in the bat cave and he's like okay where do where do i drop this off he's like oh i'm so, just 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 leave it like 20 kilometers <laughs> orders it to the bat cave yeah uh he can't get his dishwasher to work there's some like new fancy dishwasher he has to facetime alfred he's like dressed in a hawaiian shirt he's like okay what what button do i press it's like master why why are why master are all the wine. dishes dirty and he's like it's very simple, Master It's like, I need, I need my one bowl for my cereal. It's, it's my whole process that I have this big bowl and I pour a certain amount of milk. It's always the perfect amount of milk. And I just eat the cereal until the milk's gone. My whole system's ruined. With that. That's <laughs> funny. Like that. uh, maybe a moment where like the internet goes out and he has to be on customer service trying to get the modem <laughs> fixed. And he can't talk to another human being. Yeah. <laughs> the one that might be a little bit of a stretch but i think is funny yeah. is we end the last batman movie with selena kyle catwoman driving <laughs> yeah. driving out of gotham yeah maybe she's <laughs> feeling so lonely he just texts selena like hey you it's, up. it's been a while <laughs> how you doing and then you just see like red at 1107 oh, <laughs> batman gets left on red yeah so batman's really lowly so he does what he always does he tries to disguise himself go out to get some villains meanwhile victor freeze is trying to figure out how to track down batman and again he's a scientist so he's he's not your average henchman he's a little smarter so he's thinking this through and again he has the strategy he knows batman only comes out at night and that's his strong place we have to bring him out to his weak place the daylight He's going to try to track Batman by staging a robbery at night, his prime stuff, using it as bait. And Victor, he's able to to deduce by some clues he found in Wayne Manor that, you know, Bruce Wayne is probably in cahoots with Batman, Mm. you know. I bet because of some stuff I see on these missiles that he was selling these to Batman. So Bruce Wayne probably knows where to get him. Meanwhile, Batman and Commissioner Gordon are having some conversations where Batman has to be like, yeah, I uh, I actually brought in some really heavy artillery and it got stolen. So if you you know, if you hear about that, just, just give me a heads up. And Gordon's like, dude, if, if those weapons fall in the wrong hands and they are used on the people of Gotham, that's really bad for you. People are going to be coming after you. The whole Batman thing is going to be over. You could kiss that goodbye. You're going to be public enemy number, number one. one if you're yeah. responsible for this giant act of domestic terrorism. So yeah, that's what's going on. They're staging the robbery. They find some clues which lead them to Bruce Wayne. 
and Batman is having another loner day where he's really sad. And again, when when you're rich, people only like you for your money. Yeah. They don't really know you. So, you know, something small, maybe like someone who's trying to impress him gives him a gift and it's like a peanut butter pie. But they don't know Bruce is allergic to peanut butter or something. You oh, know, yeah, yeah. Really small stuff. Anyway, he's feeling lonely. So he goes to the Iceberg Lounge as right. Bruce Wayne, as, you know, the elite in Gotham do. And <laughs> this is a little PG-13. Okay. If you got kids, you could. it's not that bad, but you, you could skip forward a minute or two if you wanted. But uh, he's he's going to be he's going to be hanging the wall at the Iceberg Lounge. And j- just a side tangent, like part of this Bruce Wayne, he's moody and he doesn't talk to anyone, but it's almost it looks cool. It's like yeah. he's mysterious. Yeah, yeah. In real life, no one cares. If if you're like that, you're just you're just this weird loner dude that's sitting in this corner. You aren't mysterious because no one's wondering about you. Yeah, they true. want to be around someone that's fun to be around. But that's that's Bruce Wayne in the iceberg land. He's just kind of chilling, trying to trying to look cool, and mysterious. But he's kind of pathetic because he's there. It's there because he's lonely. The but there there are some dancers, and he's looking at one in particular. You know, a, a dancer of the adult variety. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. She walks up to him and is like, hey, what's your name? He's like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Bruce. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, they call me Poison Ivy. Oh, <laughs> that's right. We get we get another Poison one. We get another one. We get another one. Get another one. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Poison Ivy of course, she's one of Penguin's people. She's in cahoots with all of them. Right. Poison Ivy is using her talents, and she's getting some information from Bruce. And throughout all this, they figure out how to get to the Batcave. Okay. They figured out the location. So Penguin's men raid it, led by Mr. Fleas. There's a big fight there. And we get the first dialogue between Mr. Fleas and Batman for the first time. <laughs> And Batman, he realizes that this isn't like a g- genuinely yeah. bad guy. And so he's yeah. trying to like talk him out of it. And they're maybe like fighting at the top of the tower or whatever. They made it up oh, there. Yeah. And he's like, look, man. <laughs> he doesn't say it exactly. Like look, that. He's man. Like, <laughs> Let me tell you, man. <laughs> it's just man i'm all alone on christmas and you you don't know how isolating all this money is i have no real friends no real family no connection i go home to this giant penthouse with no one to share it with <laughs> and we write it so it's like it feels deeply personal and we're moved yeah. and there's the second where the score is getting big but then mr freeze in his brian cranston delivery is like oh oh boohoo you think you're the only one with problems here oh you're alone and rich that's tragic. Yeah. I'm alone and broke. And the one love of my life, I could still save her. Oh, do Brian Cranston. You're keeping me from doing that. Brian Cranston would And nothing's going to stop me from saving the love of my life. Dude, yeah, he would yeah. kill that monologue so hard, man. And right when this is coming up, the sun is starting to rise. We're getting that turning point. It's like, you are making billions off my technology that I invented. Meanwhile, I couldn't afford chemo for my own wife. Oh. But I'm going to afford to save her. Oh, and that's when Mr. Freeze kind of freezes Batman, but Batman kind of escapes or whatever. Anyway, now we're in the we're in the zone where Batman's starting to get down bad. 
and starting (laughs) (laughs) i mean bad guys are really closing in on him here the bat cave is compromised he can't Mm. go back there they also they have all his stuff in the bat cave so he takes what little he has and he can't be doing batman stuff around wayne enterprises he might give stuff away so he has to relocate he sets up shop in an airbnb in a really bad neighborhood in Gotham where he thinks no one will find him. And of course, he has to discreetly load all of his bat gear in this Airbnb. He has one of those tenants that says that, oh, you have the whole place to yourself. But he's, you know, he's off like in right. a room on the side and he's kind of being nosy. He's like, whatever. Penguin now has all this weaponry that he's built. And so his goal from here on out is twofold. He's planning on selling these really powerful missiles. He's found a buyer. They're going to make the exchange in Gotham. And also, he's still trying to kill Batman. Still wants Mr. Freeze to kill Batman. Batman. Batman meets up with Commissioner Gordon real quick. Commissioner Gordon has some intel. He also has to be like, yeah, so not only do they have those missiles, they also... They kind of have my Batmobile, <laughs> all those weapons, a bunch of experimental tech. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh, man. They go through all this. And of course, Batman is like, hey, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of in a temporary place that I don't have to keep secret for you. Uh, you want to, this is going to be really Nathan Fielder. And he's like, yeah, you want to. Want to like get a beer together? <laughs> Jeez, man! Like what, what? What? Like now? It's like yeah, man. Yeah. It's just we we haven't really like talked a whole lot. No, we can't. He's like I I got like a lot of police work, man. He's like oh, I, you know I was just thinking we could. It's like also, man. It's almost Christmas Eve. I still haven't done Christmas shopping. My eyes going to be. It's like yeah, no, no, don't. <laughs> totally cool, man. Just forget it. Forget I said anything. Thanks for the intel. <laughs> Just little oh, moments man. of humanity started to come out. Batman is no longer this imposing figure. It's daylight. We're starting to see a glimpse of the human inside. There's going to be an action scene where Mr. Freeze attempts to kidnap Batman. Or no, he attempts to kidnap Bruce Wayne because now he knows right. they're connected. So there's this is taking place during the day, of course, because it's mm-hmm. an ambush. And Bruce has to like think fast, run away while not giving away his Batman, then discreetly get into the Batman costume, defeat the villains or whatever. It's a really close call, but he manages to get out. Bruce, again, being lonely, he goes back to the Iceberg Lounge, but this time is Batman because he has to have a face-to-face talk with the Penguin. Yeah. He's like, hey, I know you're sending people after me. I'm going to come here and intimidate you because... Because I'm not I'm not a weak little boy inside. I'm a strong man. I'm Batman. I'm gonna intimidate you. <laughs> and so of course, also, Iceberg Lounge is dark, so he seems really intimidating. We've seen Batman in the Iceberg Lounge before in the it last movie. Dope, he man. beat a lot of people out. He was really sick, dope. Dude, yeah. So Bruce is feeling good about himself. But then he sees poison ivy and all that starts to go away. Because <laughs> again, most pitiful thing. He falls in love with the stripper. So. And of course, Penguin sees the way. That Batman is looking at Poison Ivy. And this is when you can tell he's starting to have some thoughts. Yeah. We leave it open-ended. We don't say for sure Penguin knows Bruce Wayne is Batman or right. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, you know, maybe, maybe he knows. Maybe he's figured it out. Maybe not. But anyway, Victor Freeze, he no longer wants to kill Batman or help the Penguin. He's like, hey, I've already gotten you all this stuff. I've gotten you all this stuff. You can make the money it would take for me to keep my wife alive like 10 times over. Like, just let me do it. And Mr. Freeze is like, no, 
terms of the deal, you kill the Batman. And you know what? If you don't kill the Batman, the plug on that cryo chamber <gasps> might get pulled. <sighs> and so now we're getting some tension between the two of them. And so Penguin is arranging a deal. Batman is trying to figure out where the deal is happening. Again, per Mr. Freeze's suggestion, it's happening in broad daylight, mm. kind of in, in a discreet location in Gotham, just kind of in the slums. Batman has figured out the location, and it's about to happen soon. And so he's running, trying to get there in time. But then Mr. Freeze is there to ambush him. And basically, we get a scene where Batman manages to scare off the buyers, but then the fight between Batman and Mr. Freeze ends up going into the city of Gotham. Okay. And of course, Batman's in broad daylight. The suit looks ridiculous. He's disoriented because Mr. Freeze has really leveled up his freeze game. He's got a bunch of new gadgets. And also, that dang cowl. He can't turn around in it. And now there are people running around all over him. So all of a sudden, what we're used to seeing, this intimidating dark figure in the shadows, is now fully in broad daylight. Average civilians are running by him. and be like, oh, it's, it's Batman. Batman. Of course, Batman is so disoriented, he has to turn like this. He's like, whoa, where am I? I'm not used to crowds in this thing. <laughs> he manages to escape, but it's a super low point for him. And then th this is when Batman is like, there are some more character moments between Batman and Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze has something that stands out. He's like, you know what? I do actually have a chance to make a real difference. And you know what? I'm going to... I think the best thing I could do is help save Mr. Freeze's wife. And so he takes a different approach. He takes off the fancy suit. He takes off the fancy cowl that's not practical. And he puts on a design that's actually practical. Because if I was going to do a Batman, it would be it would be like one of those medieval bucket helmets with some little ears. But still, you got a full range of motion. Okay. It's practical. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're getting we're getting practical over style with this new bat suit that he's made. It almost, it feels like a downgrade, but all it does is it makes Batman more like Bruce Wayne, which is really where he has to go as a character to reach true fulfillment, is he has to marry the, the differences between Batman and Bruce Wayne and just be one person, stop living a double life. Mm. The climax, he's found the location of the weapons deal. It's back on, but now it's going to be harder to get there. Also, it's Christmas Day. Nice. Climax is at Christmas, because of course it is. Batman, he is having a hard time getting to where the actual deal is because they're so prepared for him this time. Mr. Freeze and Batman are dueling. This is taking place at a shipping dock, so also they're at the edge of water. That's so cool. If, if he falls in the ocean and Mr. Freeze freezes, freezes it, it, he's stuck. He's a goner. Yeah. yeah, so that adds an extra element to the fight. Again, it's all in broad daylight. But Mr. Freeze manages to like get rid of all the henchmen. So it's just him and Freeze alone at the edge of the water. And that's when he's like, hey, I thought about what you said. And you know, th those people, they don't care about your wife. But if you help me get those weapons, letting them get that was a huge mistake. And if if you help me get those, I'll, I'll save your wife. You know what? You don't even have to help me get the weapons. I'll... I'll, I'll pay for your wife to be okay. And then that's when Freeze agrees and he's like, okay, okay, you know what? 
I could do that. If you, you, you're going to pay personally for the machine. He's like, yeah, yeah. And honestly, I could have. In the first place. Yeah, I could have in the first place. Because, yeah, again, Batman has spent all this time doing what he thinks is making a difference by fighting criminals one-on-one. But it's just what makes him feel the most bad. There makes him feel good. Like, there, there's all these issues that aren't even on his radar that he can fix just like that. So yeah. that's what he's doing. And so now Batman and Mr. Freeze are teaming up the Storm, the Iceberg Lounge, get Penguin's men. They get a hold of the weapons. Also... In that back room, there's some experimental science stuff around where the cryo chamber is. Uh, they're fighting to try to get the cryo chamber out, get his wife safe. Uh, in all the wreckage, a vial of something falls over, falls on Poison Ivy, the stripper. Oh. So, you know, we got we got something for the next movie. And then the resolution is the penguin is still loose and he, he is going to assemble a bunch of people to wreak havoc on Gotham. And he still managed to get a little bit of the Batman tech, even though the main missiles have been secured. Mr. Freeze now has a permanent place where he, he could keep his wife frozen. Nice. Maybe at the end he loses her in that sets of mono pat. I don't know. I don't know. James Gunn can tell me what to do with that. Yeah, one. that's fair. Yeah. Maybe leave it Owen. Bruce Wayne has set up a new bat cave. Cause again, in the Matt Reeves one, it's kind of below the Wayne Enterprises building in the middle of the city. Now he's gone the other common approach, which is he's on the outskirts of town in an actual cave. He's built this new thing. Alfred is bat. And Bruce Wayne at the end, he's donning the suit again. But this time it's not because he needs it. It's because due to his own mistakes, these people are out there with this tech to do harm. And so even though he's still in the Batman suit, He's gone through this journey and he's only in it now to fix his own mistakes that he started in the first place. Nice. And yeah, yeah. We're in, we're ending on a on a Batman in full daylight that's more practical and that's 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 the Batman movie. Nice. You know, I'm going to stick with what I said earlier about it. It feels like someone who hates Batman trying to make a Batman movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just, basically where, where i'm coming from i <laughs> again i feel like it's just the natural progression of the pattison batman maybe and also it's like i like it would be... batman but i like batman more so as yeah as something fun or like kids yeah. entertain like it, it bothers me that the nolan movies are good yeah but it bothers me that like that is the pinnacle of Batman. Not only Batman, but just like what adults watch when like fifty years ago, like a movie like Kramer versus Kramer, that's like a family drama, is like, made like millions upon millions of yeah, dollars, yeah, and yeah. now people will only watch something serious if there's a superhero in it. Like, yeah, no, that's a good point. Like that. That's what I don't like about the Joker movie is. It's just like it's, it's, go see a Scorsese movie. Yeah, go see a Scorsese movie with the Joker <laughs> in it. You gotta have that's the Joker. Not as well directed as Scorsese. When you could just watch that's a Scorsese, Scorsese movie. movie. Yeah, Silence came out a few years ago. That's one of the best I haven't movies seen recent. Yeah, it's good. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I feel bad about because I I like all the <laughs> superhero movies, but at the same time, it's like you need to watch other yeah. movies. Yeah. Like people are like Wakanda Forever says so much about grief, and it's like it's, it's okay, but it's not like Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't man. know. I don't know. 
So it's like, okay, if I was going to make a Batman movie right now <laughs> that was actually going to get made, this is what I would do. I would yeah. lean all the way in. Yeah. If I was going to do a fresh take, I would do something more like yours. I would yeah. just make Batman more fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. Hey, guys, that was <laughs> another episode of Rimbox. That went on a lot longer than I thought it would, but <laughs> we made a mistake because we had the technical error, so it gave me a few more days <laughs> to, to think about. On. So you've just been like stewing. I was like, like oh, Batman. Batman. I'm pretty sure that's how the Joker becomes the yeah. Joker. But it's like if we give you another week, you'd have been in like full makeup. You're like, yeah, and the Batman. Yeah. Oh, it's my propaganda film. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for watching. Hey, you can vote out yeah. of which of our Batman movies you would like to see it made on our Instagram at written by pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see the place to vote. Uh, we'll announce who won next week. And, you know, at the end of the season, we have a big finale with a big competition. It's a big thing that we film. It's a ton of fun. Yep. And then the winner gets the written by championship belt, the rival pitch championship belt, which Robin's, Robert's <laughs> the reigning champion from last year. <laughs> this is my year. This is year, Chase. This is my year. I don't, I don't think they even finished my pitch. They're just like, you know what, Chase? Yeah. <laughs> No, no, it was very good. And uh, you're I, about, yeah. sorry, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, you're, you're about to hear the one minute pitches. Yes. You're our studio heads in this situation. You're James Gunn. You got the bleached hair and the bleached <laughs> beard. Let us know which, which Batman movie you're making. I want to make a Batman movie. And my Batman movie would be called Batman Pulp Hero. Essentially, there's a new villain in Gotham and they know Bruce Wayne's secret identity. And they're going to be selling it to the highest bidder in the Gotham underworld. Now, Batman and Robin have a very limited amount of time to stop this villain before he can make the sale. This villain is dressing up as iconic Pulp Fiction heroes, the literary heroes, not the Quentin Tarantino movie. People like Zorro, the Lone Ranger, and the Shadow. Now, these literary characters actually inspired the creation of Batman, and in the movie universe, we're going to say that these literary heroes inspired Bruce Wayne to become Batman, kind of like how he's watching the Zorro movie when his parents are killed in the alley. Uh, so basically, Batman and Robin have to try to stop this hero who's dressing up as all these Pulp Fiction heroes. And finally, at the end, he manages to stop the hero, save his identity, and keep all of his friends and family safe from the underworld of Gotham finding out that he is Bruce Wayne. If I was going to pitch on the next Matt Reeves Batman, I would want the villain to be Mr. Freeze. Because first of all, you could do a plot where the Penguin hires Mr. Freeze to kill Batman and you get a whole like winter themed Batman villain. It could take place at Christmas too. That'd be a fun movie. But I also think Mr. Freeze's character would be the perfect foil for the current Batman because the current Batman is still so hung up on the loss of his parents. And Mr. Freeze's backstory starts with him trying to save his dying wife so i think since all of the current batman movies are kind of finagling the character backstories a little we could change mr freezes to where maybe his wife is still alive he's just trying to keep her frozen until he could cure her and he's running out of resources and of course bruce wayne has all the resources to keep her alive and so there's this interesting conflict where Bruce Wayne's wealth. He could fix it if he wanted to, but he's too busy fighting criminals in a bat suit, which might not even be the most effective way. It's kind of a selfish thing for him to do. God bless America. Welcome to the outro. <laughs> Welcome to the outro, my Mr. Dags. So yeah, Dags. you uh you just saw the our one minute pitches for the yeah, Batman stuff. For Batman. Chase, how are we doing voting this season? Same way. Yeah. Just go on the Instagram, written by pod at written by pod. Uh, you will see the 
the graphic or the post for this week's yeah, episode. It was posted today, yeah. April 10th. April 10th. So yeah, you just go and you comment which one you would rather see. Um, maybe we'll add some stipulations this year. Like maybe if we one of us gets a like a half a point, like a bonus, if we get like a really uh, whoever gets the most views on their one minute pitch or something like that. That could be fun. That could yeah. be fun. We're gonna we're gonna feel it out this season because uh, we're growing. You're growing. <laughs> we're all growing. We're all growing. Unless you died. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, vote this season. Leave a yeah. comment on that post. Letting us know which pitch you like the best. We tally up all the votes at the end of the season yes. and determine a, a final winner for the season of Rival Pitch. Yeah, pitches. and we do a big Rival Pitch finale competition where we uh-huh. take our favorite pitches from this season and we go head-to-head and we pitch it to some uh, some guest judges, celebrity guest judges. <laughs> um, and uh, And then, yeah. Last season, we were tied up going into the finale. Yeah, we didn't even make that up either. I know some people might think we did, but But no, you could go do the math. (laughs) We went in tied, and so the winner of the big finale won the the Rival Pitch Championship belt, which Robert holds (laughs) to this day. But uh, hey, man, this was was a really fun episode. This is a few weeks after the fact. Uh Uh, I really liked my Batman pitch. Uh-huh. What, how I, do you feel? I enjoyed mine. I'm, I'm waiting to. I can't wait to see if I piss people off with it or not. Oh yeah, Batman <laughs> fans aren't gonna like you, especially when I start clipping all of your <laughs> all of your arguments. <laughs> I will say we got we got at least ten good clips just in my pitch because I've yeah. also been cutting clips. So. Yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, so what uh, what else we got going on? Uh, tomorrow, as of this airing. We will be finding out if the short film that we worked on is a finalist oh, for the competition. Right. Yeah, that's a that's Gunner Willis's short film. Yep. Skate Follow away, Gunner 99. Willis. Yep. Really great Y2K horror sci-fi film. And if it's a finalist, I think that means you guys I think it becomes public for and you two can weeks. Watch it. So you can watch it. If yeah, if it's public, if you guys can vote for it, we'll post a link on all the socials. Yeah. We, we'll make sure you know about it. We won't let you forget about it because we're yeah. we're really proud of that film. Super proud of it. Uh, Robert produced, edited, did a bunch of sound design stuff. Uh, I acted in it, and um, so yeah. You should yeah, watch it. It's a good time. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of short films, uh, yes. immediately after this, we're doing one final writing session on the Undeserted script. Yep. We're really gunning to shoot it this month. So hopefully that happens. Yeah, hopefully that happens. If not, you will see it soon. And you know what you'll hopefully see even sooner? What? Trouble day. <laughs> uh, we do, yeah. We've made a little progress in that. So. Oh, yes. I've talked to our composer. I, uh, I don't want to jinx myself by throwing out any more dates, but it but could be There is be a soon. date being set. Yes. Yeah. So it should be out soon. I mean, at the rate we're going, because Trouble Date didn't come out last year, we have a short film that we just did with Gunner coming yeah. out. We will have Trouble Date coming out soon. Mm-hmm. And if we shoot and release the new one this year, that's three short films yeah, this that's year. that's a lot of films this year. March. No, it's April. Yeah. We're in April. We're killing yeah. it. Yeah. I think. I'm feeling good about this. Is that arrogant to say that we're killing it? <laughs> I mean, we're working hard. How about that? Yeah, it might be a little premature. Like, only one I of those things true. is somewhat out now. But <laughs> yeah, I'm really calling my shot. Well, they've all been worked on a lot. That's true. Yeah. Two, we, we've two been working a lot this almost. year. That's what we could say. <laughs> we've been working a lot. 
Oh, man. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have a story topic you want to submit that goes into our listener bowl that we draw from at least once a month, yes. uh, you can email all your suggestions to writtenbypodcast at gmail.com. Please do. You could also email us rival pitch suggestions. Yep. And yeah, just as a reminder of the bowl suggestions, we like to be completely original. So if you have any like franchises characters or anything that's a uh, rival pitch yeah baby. that's a rival pitch suggestion like batman and honestly we're, we're having a hard time thinking of rival pitch ideas yeah so. and people don't really uh send in rival pitch suggestions yeah. often because they they do more of like the bowl suggestions yeah. but uh so yeah send those in also hey we have a patreon i know we've we do mentioned it a yeah. few times we don't like to go too hard on it but i do feel like uh it's really cool uh-huh. Like uh, so, if you join our Patreon, it's only five dollars a month. You get uh, priority bowl suggestions, so we throw your na- your suggestions into the listener bowl three times, so you have a higher odds. But also, I think this is the coolest part: we pull the names for our characters from you guys. You can either suggest names in our Discord, or we'll actually pick your name. And uh, speaking of the Discord, when you join the Patreon, you join our Discord, where we're going to be talking about all kind of uh, written by, screenwriting, filmmaking, all of that kind of stuff. We're trying to build a fun community, so you should uh, hop on. Yeah, 100%. Anyway, guys, I'm Robert. That's I'm Chase. Chase over there. Yeah, I'm at Robert2 underscores Isaac. He's at Chase Bridges, yeah. three underscores. I've been doing this thing lately. I know we need to wrap this up. <laughs> I've been doing this thing lately where uh, I meet people and they go, oh, let me follow you on Instagram. And they're like, what's your Instagram? I go, we'll just put my name and I should be the first one that pops up. <laughs> Are you? I, I always am. Oh, yeah. I guess, I guess. Okay. So I'm kind of a big no, It's just because my Instagram handle is my name. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, our cover art or our graphic or whatever, yeah. designed by Taylor, Taylor Lockery. Our theme song was produced by me and Andrew Simmons. He's yes. at Music by Drew everywhere. Follow us at Written by Pod on Instagram is the best place to keep up yeah. to date with what Twitter, we do. We're on TikTok. TikTok. We're on Twitter. We're on all those places. And yeah. we're going too. Really, yeah, we're going really hard on clips this year. So there's going to be a lot of stuff for y'all to watch. Check out yeah. our YouTube. Yeah, bro. It's just written by. Yeah. And uh, it's not the first one that comes up. We're getting there. We're going, but we're, we're working on there. it. Yeah. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening. We're done. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>